Excellent afternoons with Tony Shebecki, Carlos Alberto Diego. How are you there, Tony? Hello, mate. I'm well. How are I you? I thought you were doing your Elvis Presley impersonation. No, no, that was minute. my voiceover You're wearing the Elvis Presley shirt, by the way. Oh, the black. Yeah, the black. And, uh, well, the Roy Orbison. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a black, uh, for those people out there, it doesn't make for good radio just talking about what he might be wearing. It's a black jumpsuit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you very much. You're cert- yeah, yeah, absolutely. You weren't meant to tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm really well, mate. Really well. Good. Uh, uh, I know it's uh, a happy new year to everyone yes. out there. They're on holidays at the moment. They might be just back to work and uh, and uh, still getting their great dose of cricket and football over the summer break. There's so much sport going on. If you love your American sport, you can tune in over there too. So uh, there's plenty to talk about, even though... Uh, people might be having a bit of a break at the moment. Plenty to talk about, and of course, uh, we've got heaps to talk about as well. We'll talk about the A-League and what's happening over in the EPL shortly, but I want to have a talk to you about something that seems to be getting a little bit of traction, and rightly so. It's something that should have happened a long, long time ago. Geelong getting a team in the A-League. Well, uh, uh, there's no... there's no. I mean, there was a story written by David Davudovic in the Herald well, Sun. Well, David Davudovic said it. It's... Absolutely, and he's uh, got a couple of heavy hitters over in Geelong. Darren Lyons, the mayor, and, uh, of course, Joseph Skoko, the legendary Socceroos. Stevie Horvat, who's also played for the Socceroos and uh, a well-known player. And I think there was one other player that they got uh, to talk about the, the possibilities uh, of uh, perhaps having a, a team in Geelong. Mm. And this might sort of counteract the narrative that's been set up with the South Sydney uh, uh, suggestions that they might have a team there when it's time to expand. Uh, they even talked about, you know, if they were going to move on Wellington Phoenix and not extend their, con- their, their their license, that they might even have a team from South Sydney in as early as next year. So I think what's happening now is people are starting to create their own narrative yeah. in, in the media. And, uh, and, you know, I've always loved the idea of Geelong having a team. Uh, and I know that uh, Stevie Horvat was involved with uh, with uh, Melbourne United uh, many many years ago. It was a it was a consortium that was uh, competing against Melbourne Victory for that first license ever in Melbourne, and they missed out to Melbourne Victory. Apparently, it was very close, so it could have actually been a Melbourne United team that was in the A League at the time, really? and they just missed out on that. And um, and you know, so that would have been a team probably played, playing out of Geelong or partially out of Geelong. Yeah. And they were talking also about playing out of Cadidia Park at the time. Now it's a uh, skilled stadium yeah. or, or yeah. Simmons Stadium, yeah. sorry. So, no, uh, yeah, yeah skilled, so I, I, I have always loved the idea. And I, I did holiday up near the, the coast last year and they had the first of the Melbourne victory games that they yes. played during the summer break. I think it was, uh, I'm not sure it was against Central Coast, but it was a, I, I just loved uh, the fact that you could just, you know, you're, you're at the beach during the day and at night you just drive down to yeah, Geelong good. and uh, we watched the game and it was a big crowd. And I thought... Uh, even though one or two of the uh, the suggestions is that you know the, the Geelong football ground or the Cadinia Park wouldn't be a ground that you would actually use in A League, but I think the way they oh, configured it's been done before. Oh Carlos. yeah, I've, I've seen it on TV when Victory play there, and I think it looks like a really good football. Who will ever forget the fateful night that Melbourne Knights lost to Brisbane? <laughs> At Cadinia Park. Yeah, no, And yeah. some stupid commentator made the prediction that the Melbourne Knights would not make the finals. And if they mm. did, mm. he would get a tattoo of their logo on his backside. Yeah, I think... I think Who will ever forget that yeah, night? Was that when Frankie Farina was playing for Brisbane Strikers? Yeah. yeah that, that was a long time ago. And long I, time I, ago. I happened to be at that game. I reckon it's the first time they played a soccer game there. Yeah, and I didn't favour it that day because it looked like an AFL or VFL yeah, football ground that you're point. playing soccer on uh, or football. And uh, But now, the way they configure it, the way they, they, they have the advertising hoardings around it, and on TV actually looks quite 
like a quite a good football stadium. So I think Simmons Stadium would be perfect for it. Uh, we know that they already run a professional, you know, uh, national football club out of there yep. in, in, in Geelong Cats. And uh, so there's no reason why uh, an A-League club couldn't thrive in that area. If they can do it in Wollongong. If they can do it, well, they couldn't in do it. Ultimately, they couldn't do it in Wollongong because they didn't have they they had their they had their moments, and it is a football area. Yeah. But they, as one or two of them in the article said, that you need the infrastructure, you need the people, you need people who are willing to almost approach this as a loss leader. Oh. In that you'll make losses for five, six, seven years. Let me rephrase it then: if they can do it in Newcastle. On, on a good day, they do it on Newcastle too. Yeah. So it's, well, I think on yeah, a better day, yeah, they would do it yeah, in Geelong. Yeah, it's that sustainability over time. It's almost that, uh, that security of investment that you've had with Melbourne Victory. If you can do that with, uh, and also what Melbourne City's got now, I, I think that that investment by the city group's here to stay. Mm. So you've got security of investment. You know, it doesn't matter how well the team's going. It doesn't matter who's turning up. There's going to be ongoing investment. I think yeah. that's what you'll get with Victory and City from now on. You need the same thing. Uh, with even a longer-term view in Geelong. Uh, but I just think, given that the history is there already to run a professional sporting club, um, you'd probably be able to draw on, given it's a summer-winter setup. you might even be able to draw on some of the expertise that's already there. Can I tell you also that I know for a fact that governments, state governments, mm. are looking much more favourably at major events and sporting events being held in regional areas because of the money that comes in yeah. to that regional area. Hence the reason why V8 supercars have taken a lot of their major events to Townsville, yep. Darwin, or the, uh, Townsville especially. There's talk about the possibility of a V8 supercar race in Geelong, and it looks like the Sydney race at the final end, at the end of the year will now go to Gosford because the government will give the money for it. So it is not a silly idea no, to look at placing a, yeah. a major team in a regional area and, because and, you will get support for it. And you're so right, Tony, with the with the collapse of Ford, for example, uh, and, the, and the worry about employment and the eco- economic impact in that Geelong region or that western region of Victoria. Uh, you know, having a, another professional football outfit there, mm. training and playing out of there, uh, that could be something that could be looked at as a, as a possibility by way of economic impact. The complication with this, though, is I've heard on the grapevine for a long time now, for almost 12 months, that there is another consortium of people who are experienced in this area, who have uh, already dabbled with the A-League in the past, who might be looking at uh, applying for a licence that, that would be more um, located in, in the eastern part of Melbourne, uh, in that sort of hotbed uh, okay. football that's that's sort of it's you know the Knox area Knox, yeah. and those areas there and uh, I heard that from a really really great source uh, it would have been about six months ago now uh, given that this is not on the agenda you can see why that's quiet um, and these people have been involved with this sort of stuff before what I'm really happy with is the fact that these people now you know this Geelong talk and also the eastern part of Melbourne talk uh, is now um, up against the talk from South Sydney. I didn't want that to be a lay down where suddenly they're the only ones talking, so that's where the team was going to come from. Mm. I'm really hoping the FFA are using good data to make their decisions about this. It's oh, not like who sure speaks. They are, are they? Well, who knows? I mean, uh, the South Sydney uh, uh, sort of rumours also included Tim Cale being involved. I mean, that 
automatically gets the attention of the FFA. Tim Cowell's come out since and actually refuted that, that he's got nothing to do with it, but he wishes them, lo- wishes them well. Yeah. So it, we don't want the situation that who who's speaking the loudest, who's got the biggest voice, gets the license. We want people who actually have a great business who've plan. Who've got the most money. Yeah, and also most money who are willing to spend it over a period yeah. of time, but also in areas that are growth areas, areas that are exploding. And we know that the Geelong region and the western part of Melbourne, that, that whole corridor now, you know, the Werribee area, Point yeah. Cook, Werribee, that's going out of control at the moment. Well, someone just said on the SMS, Geelong and the Surf Coast expected to grow by 500,000 mm. people yeah. by 2030. So yeah. that's what... 14 years. Well, anyone who lives in the, the you know that Century Cove, Point Cook area, the Werribee area, that's all joining up now. That's all yeah, completely is. going out of control. And, and a lot and of the Werribee and Lara. Yeah. Th- well, Lara before Little River. Yeah. Yeah. And and Geelong have a have a really great pedigree for football. Some of the you know the number of uh, Socceroos or players have gone over and played overseas uh, from that area is incredible. I mean, we just mentioned Stevie Horvat, um, Josip Skoko, Eddie Krinchvich came from that region. Uh, a lot of them played for that uh, North Geelong area, yeah. uh, North Geelong team. So I just think it's exciting. Uh, it's great that we've got a counter-narrative to the South Sydney uh, type talk uh, and I, I think that that's exciting. Uh, we, can, we can sustain a third team here in Melbourne. Melbourne City have got to work out, even though they're financially fine, they've got to work out a way of getting more bums on seats. Uh, they got 10,000 know, on, on the weekend, which is great against Sydney. I thought that was a good result, given that they had the big bash across the road that uh, had 80,000. Mm. I thought that was a, not a bad result for, for 10,000. But they've got to be getting fifteen to 20,000. They've got to be up there with Melbourne City, and the excuses are going to be running out in a couple of years' time if they can't do that. Yeah. So... Melbourne Victory taking on Central Coast Mariners in Geelong this weekend. Yeah, 20,000. They're talking about 20,000 being t- uh, tickets sold already. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a terrific spectacle. I really enjoyed last year's one. I won't be getting up there for this Friday, but I did enjoy the game last year. It was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So. Let's head to the phones, Carlos, uh, before we take a break. Rob out at Strathmore's there. G'day, Rob. How are you, Rob? Hello. Yes, g'day, mate. Oh, sorry. Are you right? How you going, boys? Good. Uh, Carlos, um, I'm going to see the city on uh, Saturday night and I'm taking some friends who've never been before and I reckon this could be the match of the season if city can get Moy, Pardaloo, um back this week. Um, I, I just think Western Sydney are a fantastic team and I, I'm hoping that there might be a crowd of around 15. What, what do you think, mate? Uh, look, to uh, see uh, a game, they might be yeah, I would 15, love, 20 I w- maybe. Yeah, I would love if it's a matter of winning only that people start turning up to Melbourne City because this club is going to be a winning club down the track. There's too much investment behind them for them not to be a winning club down the track. Correct. But is that the only reason why people aren't going in big numbers or is it because of other things? I mean, I'm kind of hoping that the club is doing their research about why people are going and not going and and I don't know if it's always winning that's linked with that. So um, I think there's some excitement about that team at the moment. Bruno Fornaroli, my God, what, what a player. Mm. Uh, you know, Henry Navio, when he, uh, Harry Navio, when he's actually on song, those two there, even in the worst moments on the weekend, and there was plenty of them in that first half for Melbourne City, those two players just dragged them, almost kicking and screaming, into the game. Mm. Um, the, uh, in, in the second half, when, uh, when uh, Fornaroli scored that second goal, that header with, with the build-up play, and they were actually being dominated by Sydney at that point in time. It's just so good watching those players. And I think I've, I've been, you've been on before when I've talked about, if you're a kid, 
and want to be de- want to develop Focus. into a striker, just go and yep. watch Bruno for- Bruno Fornaroli. And where he goes, where yeah. he moves. Yeah, just, just go and watch him. He's got everything that a that a, a professional striker should have, and. He works really, really hard. He's not one of these international foreign players who comes and, and sort of goes at 80%. He goes yeah. at 120%. He loves almost playing as an isolated forward up front. He he, he loves a body contact with much bigger uh, defenders around him. Yeah. And he's just fantastic with ball at his feet and also with his back to goal. Yeah. And then you get Harry Navio coming in. Uh, just when before they actually scored that, that second goal... Um, you know, I actually, we were just tweeting and we were interacting with other people on, on Twitter and uh, and everyone was really worried about how City were going at that point in time because Sydney were really dominant. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we just all just said, look, just stay calm and give it to Harry. He'll give it then to Bruno and you'll be fine. And it, it, virtually on that, you know, on cue, they came out and did that. And that's the benefit that City's got now with those two yeah. players. Even at their lowest moments, the team themselves know they can get the, you know, get out of jail card if you just get get it to these quality players up front. Yeah, no, very, very good point, Carlos. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to have a chat to you about promotion and relegation in the A-League. And welcome back. 26 past one here on 1116 SEN. Carlos Alberto Diego joining me with uh, some soccer talk here for this hour. Of course, you can catch the four Diegos tonight from 10 o'clock here on 1116 SEN. A couple of things to talk about in this little segment, Carlos. Uh, promotion and relegation, there is a fair bit of talk at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot that, of debate about it at the moment, Tone. It's, uh, it's interesting. I'm just wondering what... I'm not against it. Mm. I'm just... I'm more concerned about the look of it, how the, how the makeup is going to be yeah. made up of it. That, and, and that, we've had so many teams that thought that they were a chance to be a part of the A-League initially, and then that didn't happen, and... It, we, yeah. We've got actually, if we're talking promotion and relegation, we've got to actually forget about what it looks like right now. Uh, we've yep. got to forget what the next rung, what the second rung of Australian football looks like right now, which is the NPL. Even though that that's improved out of sight, and we can see that in the FFA Cup type matchups, and that some of the teams are, are, are competitive, and then they go quite deep into the competition. Even though it's manufactured a bit too, by the way. Uh, so you've got to forget what the way the status quo is right now and think outside the box. Yep. There's certainly got to be a lot more money in the second division. You can't be going with the budgets that are in the NPL right now, which no. is the best clubs are around 500000 They run, a, they run a, a season on that. You, you know, the A-League clubs are on $8 million, $10 million budgets. So if they're on $10 million budgets and the NPL clubs are on $500,000, uh, there's got to be some sort of bridge of that gap by way of finances. The second division's got to run professionally and it's got to run, okay, it's on a lower level financially, yeah. but it, it can't be it can't be on 500000 So we're thinking completely differently and we're also thinking that uh, the way clubs are structured right now, you need professional administrators flowing into those NPL clubs. So you can't be having one full-time staff member if you're lucky and then everyone else is a volunteer. Mm. That, it, it can't work like that as a second division. So I think if it's, if it's run properly and the resources gravitate to it the way it should and there's money in it, I think that's a great way of establishing that second division. So I don't have a problem at all with the concept of promotion and relegation. The problem I have is, and I, again, got into a bit of Twitter debates on the weekend about this, what's it going to look like in that, okay, if the traditional promotion and relegation from overseas is, you know, two teams go down, two teams come up, 
It doesn't matter from what geographic region they're coming from. It doesn't matter as long as they're in that country. They've applied in that league. They're playing in the in the in the in the second or the second rung league, and they get promoted. Uh, it's automatic. It happens all over the world. Australia's a bit different in that. If we go promotion and relegation with what we've got at the moment, we've got 10 teams around Australia. Yep. Suddenly, you may not have a team in Perth in the league. Not correct. You may not have a team in Adelaide in the league. Is correct. that good for the league? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, my my, my but, view is it's not good for the league. Now, the, you, 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 you'd, have to, you'd have to expand those states, though, wouldn't you? So you'd have to have at least two teams, possibly three, out of Perth, out of Adelaide. You mean as far as the second division is concerned? Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean that they're going to get promoted. Yeah, but no, I understand that. But you're not just going to have your, your majority of your teams for your second division come from Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane. No, no, no I'm ju- yeah, absolutely correct. But it doesn't mean that those second and third teams out of Perth are going to get promoted. No, They're I totally finish. agree. No, I yeah. understand that. So you can have a situation, and it, could, it might be over a five- or ten-year period, you might have a situation where you might have a, a time, you know, in theory, you can have a time where Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City aren't in the competition. Aren't in the first division. They're yeah. in the second division. You can actually have that situation. And at, the, at, it, at its most extreme, you may not even have a team from Melbourne in the A-League. You may have them in the second division, but not in the first division. So, and, I, and that's what a lot, of people, a lot of people say. That's ridiculous, Carlos. What are you talking about? And stuff like that. But if it's possible, it may happen. If the model allows that to happen. So I think it has to be a compromise model of some sort, where you have to have a team from every state and territory. Because we're, yeah. we're, we're still in the growth phase. We can't be operating like they do in Europe, which is, which is a competition, that, or in Asia or in South America. They're competitions that are established. Yeah. We're still in a growth phase, so we need to be able to make sure every region has that pathway to el- the elite level uh, in some way, which compromises the whole promotion relegation thing too, by the way. No, so. it certainly does. Uh, yeah, Interesting. How that would work is very, well, very that's, interesting. Well, I think that's a stumbling block. Because I, I think another thing that's really come into play now, as much as soccer people may not accept this as being the case, but I think Big Bash is definitely something that's kicking soccer up the bum at the moment. Uh, and Really, crowd-wise and television. Uh, television numbers are the key. I mean, that's what's going to get you free to wear. If you're getting people, they're averaging one and a half million people a game on yep. Channel 10 for Big Bash. Now, that's nowhere near what the A League, nowhere near what the A League is getting on Fox. Yeah, per uh, game at would the any would anything like that rate like that on Fox? No, no. So that's what I'm saying. Not so even the, the different. We're talking about apples and not, no, exactly. You know, but if you we're want not comparing apples, uh, but if you want to get it onto free to air, if you want to get all your games onto free to air, you've got to be doing better than forty or fifty well, thousand a game. Well, not necessarily because the arg- well the argument is that if it's on free to air, you might. Not get eighty thousand to a to a derby, but you might get fifty, sixty regular. So the point is, do free to wear stations right now invest in the game of football like they invested in the game of cricket, like they invest in the well, game of the a- AFL? See, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see the AFL actually invest in the game of football itself and buy the time on free to wear. What AF? Sorry, AFL do exa- FFA. No, sorry, FFA. FFA. Yeah. Sorry, A League. Yeah. Uh, do exactly what basketball's yeah. doing at the moment. Yeah. The NBL. Buy their time on Fox. Mm. They they pay Fox to have yep. the NBL on, yep. and as a result, it's getting some good numbers. They're getting mm. great people through the door. Yep. We're getting crowds of ten, twelve thousand people at Melbourne United games. It is coming. It is a a renaissance the, in basketball. The issue with that model, though, Tony, is you've got to have confidence that's sustainable in the in in the long run, where the numbers are so good that eventually the TV stations say, okay, we'll pay the premium on this yep. rather than you pay half, we pay half or whatever the model is. So football's not in that situation. We've got 
a huge sport to run in this country. Many national teams, uh, the amount of, uh, you know, uh, it, what it costs for A-League and so forth. I mean, the amount of resources just can't compare to the no, AFL, true. how that's run, how Cricket Australia's run, how um, rugby's run. Yeah. Uh, that's where the problem is with Australian football, soccer, in that we just don't have the resources at the top level or in the state federations to be able to do that. So then why would David Gallup come out a couple of years yep. ago and say that, Football, well, soccer, is going to be the number one game in Australia. Well, it, what it does is when he, he said that when he first got in, and I think that what that does is appease the football fans out there that this guy's yeah, a good bloke. And if you say that, you're going to get. But if you say it, you've got to make sure you, it's going to be true. Well, and at I the think, moment, I think it's what, a long no, way I, from it. Well, I think Carlos. what I think what I think what we I think what the game's lack, lacking, uh, and I'm not comparing this at all to AFL or cricket or anything like that. What the game's lacking is a free to wear deal with a broadcaster that will nurture the game and invest in the game. The game's not big enough right now for someone to come in and pay $80 million a year yep. to do it. But they might pay the $40 million, where we take a bit of pain. I think that's what they're getting at the moment, $40, $50 million, And they'll say, okay, let's have a real partnership over the next three to four years, five years, and see what we can grow, how we can grow this. Like Channel 9's doing with the ICC tournament, for example, the International Champions Cup. Here's, here's something for you. Here's something for you. To get people to watch the game on television, okay, why don't we? Why don't Fox, why don't the A-League take a little bit of a hit here, okay? And it might be, might cost them $5 million, it might cost them $10 million a year, but it'd be cheaper than actually trying to put their own production onto free-to-air. Why doesn't every membership in the A-League get free Foxtel subscription? I don't know, Tone. Maybe people don't want the Foxtel subscription. I don't know. Um, that's Because people say yeah. the reason they haven't got Foxtel is because they can't afford it. Yeah. Now, if it costs you $50 a month, why don't they do a deal with Foxtel where with every A-League membership sold, people get free Foxtel for four months? Well, and that way yeah. people are going to have access to yep. Foxtel. And that way, if every A-League supporter out there, every A-League member is going to be watching Fox. And then let's see. Let's also say, too, that if you put every R-League member together, you're still only going to get about, what, not even 100,000 yeah. people? The thing about free-to-air, though, Tone, it's in your face the whole time. So it's easy to access. You could be your, – your son could be watching the cricket and his mother, who could be operating the kitchen or, or doing something around the, the living room, whatever, and she just taking notice. And suddenly someone's doing really well. Someone's hitting sixes left, right and centre, and the mum sits down and starts watching, takes interest. So it's not necessarily football fans who are going to go to the games anyway and become members. They're not your target audience. Your target audience to grow the game are, are, football, are sports lovers in this country think who are gonna, open to it. I think we're going to accept that it ain't going to happen soon on free to air. Something needs to be well, done. No, in the I, I think Even SBS I, have no, relegated the game to their no, second no, I think, channel. I think what's going to happen is it will happen on free to air, but it won't happen at the prices that the FFA want. So I think free to air will take it on. Uh, I think that that's that's the only logical conclusion for the next stage. And free to air will take it. The FFA shouldn't worry about making a cent out of it. They should be saying to the, whoever, whichever free to air station wants to do it, you cover the production costs and you've got it for nothing. Yeah, but the problem Don't is give us a dollar. The free to air money, Tony, and every other sport runs their sport. Yeah, but, but and, they've and already got you, free to air. Yeah, They're already there. No, These people well, aren't, well, Carlos. That, I know. I understand that. But what I'm saying to you is that That's the you can't be giving away something completely. You can for a year. Well, it, to build it, you've got to build yeah, it first. Well, we're not running so the sport time, but I, I think it's well known that every other sport, that the free-to-air money is a thing that drives that sport, mm. that pays for everything, pays for the, 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 the teams that are making, uh, making losses every year, uh, you know, that equalisation aspect of it. So 
Um, you, you, we still have, even with all the money in the AFL, for example, we still have clubs who aren't necessarily flush with money in the AFL. Yep. And even with all the money that's, that's so you've, you've got to be able to have enough money to be able to cater for all the clubs in the competition, which obviously is great for the broadcasters too, because you want that even, you know, equity through the whole thing. So, um, it's that fine line. We don't know the figures. We're talking about why don't they do this, why don't they do that. We don't know the figures it takes to run the game. So there must be a point. I, I get a feeling that if you use the example of the Socceroos, for example, where the Socceroos haven't had a sponsor for two or three years, for me that's just FFA being probably bloody-minded in that we want this figure, we believe we deserve this figure, and we're not going to accept anything less. Now, they're doing that with the Socceroo you know, yeah. uh, sponsor. I don't think that's something that you should you know, subscribe to with free-to-wear negotiations, but you've got to have that, maybe that that midway where you don't go for the top dollar, but you get it into the marketplace and then grow it from there with a partner who cares about the game too. That's the other thing. It's finding that partner who cares about the game. We had uh, football, soccer, NSL, NSL on Channel 7 many years ago. Mm. Remember the campaign? Yeah, I do, yeah. No, no one screws soccer like yep. seven. Remember that? Yeah. So we don't want someone who's going to suddenly hide it away, not not uh, you know, not give it its due respect. And so that's the other uh, thing that you've got to weigh up. But right now, I think it's a natural progression for the sport to be on F, uh, on free to air, and it will be uh, at what level and what we need to uh, what sacrifice. About their, what to, about their own station? Their own free to air station. <laughs> I don't know. Racing's done it. You, Racing.com has yeah. started its own station. Well, that, Tony, you're coming up with these great ideas. I can't answer that question because it all, it's all about investment. Who's going to. I think racing has a fair bit of the, the resources to be able to set that up and, and run it and, you know, and make that sustainable. I'm not sure whether football's got that capacity, number one, or, and even the expertise to do it. Hmm. Take a break. Yeah. Back with more in a sec. Eighteen minutes to two here on eleven at sixteen SEN, and don't forget Francis Leach, David Schwartz are back together in two thousand sixteen. Breakfast with Frank and the Ox starts Monday, January eighteen at six, right here on eleven sixteen SEN. Carlos Alberto Diego is in the studio with me. We're talking about the future of soccer and where it goes, TV wise especially, and also promotion relegation. And should we start a team in Geelong? There's a few questions out there. Give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen, just like Richard has. Good day, Richard. Uh, good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good. Look, you were mentioning um, soccer can't get, attract the people through the door like AFL and cricket, like you're referring to the Big Bash. I mean, you've got to have the, the people following the sport, number one, to, to get onto major TV networks, and I don't see them ever getting off the ground really ever. Oh, well, no, but Richard, I mean, if you look at the, the, the week-to-week um, you know, attendance figures, they're quite favourable to the likes of the NRL, for example. And NRL's on TV. It's really the, it's really the, the, the culture being embedded in that free-to-air network. Now, we were talking uh, just off-air about the ICC Champions Cup and the, the Real Madrid-Manchester City game that got 99,000 people at the MCG. That wouldn't have happened, in my mind, if the game wasn't on Channel 9. And and the Channel Nine had invested and built relationships with the sport and all those promotions yeah, through the so, week. So, yeah, promotions. And I've got to say, someone who doesn't strike me as a, as a as a guy who probably has a lot of football background in Clint Stanaway, the the Channel Nine mm. reporter who actually was hosting the whole yeah. thing. He really invested in that during that time. So it's this. It's. It's it's not only just showing it, but it's also investing in it and showing you actually care about it. And I thought they did the ICC 
you know, tournament really well on Channel 9. And I think that led to some of the really huge crowds. As you said, there were art, there was news reports every day on mm. Channel 9 in the news and, you know, you know the, the other stories on yep. current affair and all that sort of stuff. So there were always, during that time, there was always the hype around it. And that shows that the free-to-air station does uh, invest in it. Now, strictly speaking, you know, I wouldn't have even, uh, you know, anticipated or predicted that they were going to get 99000 for that game. But they did. Mm. It's that whole marketing package, but you need the free-to-wear that believes in the sport and invests in the sport the way Channel 9 did for that. Yeah, and numbers are the only thing that's getting him to do that. Uh, numbers, absolutely. Numbers are absolutely Numbers true. with dollar figures, numbers yeah. with seat figures. Yeah. And the, and the talk is, the talk is that, again, I don't know the inside negotiations here, but the talk is that Channel 9 are willing to take the derbies now. You know, Channel 9 and, and Channel 7 and, you know, the free-to-air are willing to take the derbies right now. The Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City derby, the, the West Sydney Wanderers. Sydney. Sell us. Yeah, they're, they're willing to take. But the thing is, we've already got a contract with, the, okay. with Fox. You can't just sell it. So they're in this situation where they've got to, you know, negotiate through this. Well, you see, now maybe, then maybe this is the way for at least for them to start. And that's not to sell the entire season to free-to-air, but sell selected games. And if it means you're just selling 10 games and it's just the derbies for the year, yeah, but, it's a start. But Tony, Fox's sport have paid their money. No, no, but at the to, end of the new contract. No, yeah, okay. well, that, when the new contract comes out, but then you have been have, plenty of talk about... But then you have to have someone who's going to take the uh, the lesser games. Yeah. Who's going to take that? Fox. Well, are they? No, but they would, get the derby as well. Well, who knows? That, that's, that's, I mean, they've, they're, yeah. they're currently given uh, one game a week to yeah. SBS anyway. Look, it, it's if you still get more money out of... Channel 9 doing that in in partnership with a Fox. It's a good move. If Fox are happy with that, I I would think that why would Fox not have exclusive rights to a derby or the Socceroo games? You know, the, 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 the real well, big ticket things. they might not have EPL things. after next year. Well, they might not either. You know, uh, well, it sounds, or well, technically right now they don't. They don't, exactly. Yeah, so Let's they, not just decide, yeah, well, they're yeah. going to do a deal with Fox yeah. Sports. So, so I, I, you just can't ignore the, the rights holders right now or the people, they pay a value so you just can't mid-contract. And I think that's a problem they've got with SBS at the moment. Yeah. Uh, SBS uh, not caring about the A-League really, no, putting it onto the, you know, what is it? The secondary, sleep, yeah, uh, secondary whatever, yeah, whatever it is, SBS well, Which, let me say, isn't a secondary channel. No. Every channel you can get on your TV is a primary channel. But the pro- the problem this is what I was saying because to you, you Tony, can get it. it's that respect for the sport. I understand that, and the respect for the sport on a station like Channel uh, uh, SBS, who in in the past has been synonymous with football, the minute they start relegating it to uh, unfavourable time time slots Agree. on their secondary channel, that just the message out there is we don't care about this sport. I can only talk about a sport that I know very well, and that's V8 Supercars. Yeah. And when Seven put the majority of their races onto Seven Mate. The public were up in arms. How dare Channel 7 disrespect the fan by putting it on 7, mate? Well, hang on a minute. You're getting it in HD. You're not getting it in HD on 7, so there's one advantage straight away. Second is you're getting every race live on 7, mate. You're not getting that on 7. Yeah, but they're still disrespecting us. We're not going to watch it. Okay, don't watch it. Mm. The sport gets lost to Foxtel, and now they get six replay or six main days out of the whole season. On 10, the rest are on Foxtel. Yep, yep. Be careful what you wish for, people, because it may just come true. Oh, look, I think people were quite happy to have the ICC Champions Cup on um, on the Seven Mate. Uh, sorry, not on Seven Mate, on Go. I think it yeah. was on Go. Uh, they had but the All-Stars pri- games. But it's a primary channel. Yeah, they, they've people had... People just have to get that in their well, head. Well, I think, uh, I think you'll find a lot of football fans would easily accept that. Easily gravitate. As long as you respect... As long as you put the events on... 
There is talk that Seven are bringing out a very much a a one HD sports channel model. Yep. And that may happen in the next few months. Mm. Now that may open the opportunity and the door for a lot more coverage like that. Michael's on the road. G'day, Michael. Oh, g'day, guys. I'm loving the discussion, by the way. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Look, for the games that move forward in leaps and bounds, the one thing we need to address very seriously, and we can't start doing it soon enough, and that is to start addressing the local federations, the state federations, the FFB, New South Wales, Australia, South Australia, the way they are run. We address the issues there, clean them up a little bit, and you see the game move forward in leaps and bounds, without a doubt. Yeah, Michael, that's uh, ever since I've been involved with the sport, and I reckon that would be probably 45 years, 40, 47 years or yes, something. Yes, it would be. Uh, something like that. And uh, ever since I've been involved with the sport, that has been a complaint about the way the game's run. And, and we're getting, uh, even though, you know, with the exception of the last couple of months, the FFA have sort of been accepted as someone who's administered the game okay, mm. right? But the state federations are the ones who uh, people have, Got you know because the grassroots are more linked to them uh, that they have a lot more uh, criticism levelled against them. But what we're finding, and I, um, you know, I'll stick up a little bit for the FFE here right now. The, the the quality of administrators coming into that level of sport is a lot better than what it used to be. And uh, you know, and I just think that you know that sport in time, it's all about the resources and personnel running it at that level, and they're, if they're running it professionally on, on the right basis. Uh, and and I think. More and more of those really good young administrators are coming through, and you'll see these sports, those issues that we're talking about. But it's all about resources, all about resources. You never hear anyone yeah. complaining, complaining about Football Victoria, AFL Football Victoria, no. uh, or AFL as far as administration. Well, they've got all the money in the world to yeah, run it properly and attract true. the right uh, administrators. I think the man that they've got running the FFE at the moment, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it is Kimon Teliodorus. Uh, he's a president, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Knows his, knows his football. Been around for a long time. It's got a chance. It's, and more and more are coming yep. in like that. Yeah, exactly. Carlos Alberto Diego. Great discussion, mate. Thank you. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and you asked all the questions out there, Tone, that the average punter would ask. And why, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Well, it's a lot more complicated, as you can see, from well, our man last for the people, hours. Carlos. <laughs> hey, quickly, before uh, we wrap it up, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, Toddy. Is he retiring? Someone's asked. Please, please, can you ask Carlos? I haven't, I haven't caught up with that, but what a champion. I yeah. mean, the, uh, the, every Italian who loves their football, even non-Roma supporters, would just say, what an absolute champion. We saw him uh, in the International Champions Cup here, uh, you know, in that last series, and uh, he was still showing some great moments, even though he didn't play a lot. Uh, but, you know, I haven't caught up with that aspect of it, but uh, it must be quite uh, recent news but if he has mid-season too that's a bit strange I thought he would have waited until the, in, unless he's declared he's uh, going to retire at the end of the season. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right, we'll see if we can track that down we'll take our final break say goodbye to Carlos and just one tick yeah. uh, Carlos time to say goodbye we've read on the internet we've caught up it's uh, Toddy's wife yes. that is hinting that it could be all over because he was meant to come back this Wednesday, yep. but he's delayed that return from injury and what better authority than your wife coming out and saying he could possibly retire He's 39, by the way. He's got to give it away sometime. What better wife than his wife? (laughs) That's true. Good-looking TV personality, this girl. Not that that's important. No, not at all. Uh, You'll be back on at 10 o'clock with your brothers. Yep, cannot wait. Fantastic. Look forward to it. Catch you next week. Thanks, mate. Carlos Alberto Diego. Talking the world game here on 1116 SEN. We'll take a break. Plenty more to come in our next hour.